So to get started here, we're going to start a new conversation for the next few weeks. And uh, I could start off by giving the inspired words of St. Rascal Flats, who once said, life is a highway, right? And so that, that's just, that, that ministers to your soul. Um, uh, I don't know if you like to travel on the roads, if you're a person who likes to travel or drive. Uh, if life is like a journey on a highway, let's talk about the highway for just a moment here. When you get on the road and travel, for me, um, I like to get where I'm going. I'm on my way to my destination from point A to point B as quickly as possible, and please don't slow me down. So I probably push the boundaries of the allowed speed. I know the margin before they probably will pull you over. I'm going fast. I don't want to stop unnecessarily. So I, my family knows this. I'm like, listen, we're going somewhere. Let's get our stuff before we go. Everyone go to the bathroom, get some food. And then if we stop for gas, we're stopping anyhow, use the bathroom, get some food because we want to keep moving. Because I got If it's a long trip, I have a, a goal in life. And that is when my... Uh, map system, my Apple Maps or Google Maps tells me my arrival time. On my list says you're arriving at this time. I have to beat that. I have to beat that time that it said I'd get there. And every time we stop along the way, it slows me down at beating it, so I got to make up for that time before we stop and after we get going again. And so and then I got to pass the same cars again if I stop, so that's frustrating too, you know. So anyhow, some of us like to get from point A to point B. Other people enjoy taking the scenic route. They take the scenic route and just enjoy. Now, I'm, not, I'm that way more locally. Sometimes I want to take a different path, enjoy a scenic route. We've done that on vacation too before. We went um, from Grand Canyon up to Yellowstone, to Salt Lake City one night on our western trip. And we got off the highway, took so much of back roads just to enjoy Utah. So, I mean, the, some people like to take the scenic route, drive slow, windows down, breeze in your hair. We all travel differently, right? A little bit. Some drive fast. Don't judge me. Some of us drive fast. Some, and some, drive, some drive fast and some drive ridiculous and get in the way is what they do. And that happens as well. But um, by the way, I, I want to know how many of you, just be honest, we're going to be very transparent in here. So how many of you, you, you're a fast driver? Be honest and raise your hand. Confess, confess. You're a fast driver, okay? I, more fast drivers were in the first service than the, than the second service, by the way. My first hour, most of us had our hands up. Apparently, they all drove fast enough to get here for the first service is why. And then, uh, not the second hour. So, okay, how many of you are your slow, easygoing, take it slow driver? Okay, that's you. That's fine. Some of you don't drive at all, apparently. That's okay as well. You know, I don't know. I don't ask you if you're suspended today. Now, here's the next question. How many of you, when you're driving and someone's going slow in front of you, you get a little too close because you are frustrated. Confession time, confession time. Don't, don't, don't deny it. Oh, yes. I was glad you said that. Oh, you do too? Okay, Ron. Michelle says she does. Michelle's not the crazy driver in the house. I am. I, I'm, the, I'm the fast one. But her one vice in life is if someone's going ridiculous in front of her, she's just right up there, you know, with them. And so I have actually, I'm the, I'm the crazy driver, but I have learned not to tailgate most of the last few years more than I used to because I've learned. I just stay back at a, at a better distance because I grumble. I'm like, because I know what they're going to do. You know what you're going to do. Someone's on your tail, what do you do? You slow down further, you're like looking, oh, look at the road, and oh, there's cows in the field. Oh. And, 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 and by the way, don't be that person who drives on someone else's tail 
and wishes they get out of your way, but then when someone's on your tail, you slow down. You know how it feels when you're in a hurry. So what I do is I get out of the way. If you're in a hurry on my tail, you must really have to go somewhere, so I'm going to pull over and let you go, buddy. It must be the hospital call. But uh, seriously, just uh, we're all drive differently. I know how you drive, because uh, if you ever want to go somewhere in a caravan, I'm, I'm just, uh, we're derailing here. If you ever want to go in a caravan somewhere, and you're in multiple cars, let Tiffany Curtis be the one behind you in the back of the line. She's an excellent person to stay with you, because if you don't want to get separated, she'll be on your tail. She'll see the turns coming. She'll get in the lane ahead of you and make a path for you. She is uh, on the, she's like a bulldog, man. Because I've driven in caravans with people who end up 18 miles back because they don't know how to drive like I do. But she will stay with you, so help her God. So we all have different um, styles. Anyhow, that was all for free. No matter how we drive, we always want to arrive at our destination, and we want to get there safely, which sounds counterintuitive for us fast drivers, but we want to get there safely. And that's what we want out of life, too, isn't it? We want to get to our destination, and I don't just mean heaven someday, yes, heaven, but also just the end of our life with a life well-lived, with the right focus. Like Paul said, I finished my course, I kept the faith. We want, to, we want to get to our destination, and we want to get there safely. But if we're going to do that, we don't have to know how to navigate the unwanted, the unplanned, the unavoidable, and also how to avoid the avoidable. And so I want to take a few weeks and talk to you from something that's a very pastoral series and a very timely one with school starting back up and with, um, uh, with uh, all the changes, including our own, our own roadways out here. I want to take a, a few weeks to talk to you on the topic of rules for the road. Rules for the road. And I hope that for the next few weeks, you'll find some things. Now, every week's going to be a different topic. Sometimes when we do a series, it's like they build on each other. This is not going to build. We're going to go a different direction each week for the next few weeks. But they're all going to come under the umbrella of rules for the road. And so what I want to do today is, uh, and by the way, I, 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 my, my team that helps me as we work on these things, I was told not to give this much explanation, but I always over-communicate. But I'm going to do it anyhow because I had a little doubt. This was, we planned to have this series early next year. And then with all that's happening, and we just felt like God was pivot, causing us to pivot the series in August till September, and we moved this up in its place. And in doing that, um, I had some doubt a little bit, but this morning when we prayed with, with Eli before going to the military, it was just such, the first message was so important for his life and for so many of our lives today. We have a lady moving away for a new job. It was pivotal for her. So God knows what he's doing when he leads us, amen. He knows how to, to bring the right message to the right time for, for us. And so this was a good series for us. So we're gonna be in Job 23 later on. If you wanna be, be there in your Bibles or the verses will be on the screen, we'll be in Job 23. And we also have a gift for you today. On your way out, when we leave the auditorium, we have um, on the table, we have some, some, a gift for you. We'll explain what that looks like at the end of the message. But first of all, I want to talk about our first topic today. And it begins with this familiar road sign. Perhaps you've seen it before. Can anyone tell me what that sign means? Anybody? Yes. Curve ahead, technically. Curve ahead, right? That's the sign they put on the road when there's usually a pretty significant curve ahead. When you're traveling and, and it's going to be like, you know, okay, you better be ready for this one because if you don't slow down, you're in trouble. 
If the curve is significant, they put a sign out there, curve ahead. Because all people, because every, sometimes if you end up in a ditch somewhere or off the road or in someone's yard or house, there's a house on the south side of our lake that put a big concrete barrier in front of them because there's a big turn and people kept running through it drunk, I think. So anyhow, um, curve ahead. It's a warning sign. Why is that there? Because the hope is that when the road changes, when the road changes, you won't find yourself off of it because you weren't ready for the turn. So this is, this is my heart. Years and years ago, when I was a, a much a younger man, I heard a, a, a pastor, I'm pretty sure it was T.D. Jakes, actually, at a men's conference somewhere. I was listening to it. But someone was preaching to a group of men, and he made a statement to them. He said, we, we, lose, we, we lose many of our men, we lose them in the turns. Referring to faith. Referring to the, if you're on a, a road of following God's will, the spiritual path of life. He says, we, we lose our men in the turns. Now, he explained what he meant by that. I'm going to explain what that means in a minute as well. But he said that, and it stuck with me. And I've been pastoring for 24 years now, and I've noticed something is true. It's not just our men. It's our men and our women. We lose our people in the turns. Um, It's our young people hitting turns in life, and it's our middle-aged people and older. and, And so as I thought about that, and this is today especially, is such a, it's just a, my pastoral heart is going to speak to us as a, as a body today, as a family today, to those watching online, to those in person. Um, it's easy. Uh, it's, it's easy to get lost in the turns. It just is. And we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to spiritually get lost and get off the road spiritually in your life. But it's easy to get lost in the turns. To get off course. Sometimes we can get a setback. Sometimes we can end up in a ditch if we're not careful. And this is true about life as well. One of the jobs of a pastor, just one of the jobs, is sometimes to help people stay on the road and out of the ditches. And it's important to stay on course spiritually. So many things can get us off track. And honestly, when I see, in my years of doing this, when I see people get off track and off the road spiritually, Sometimes it's because they really weren't that close to God in the first place. And so sometimes if you're, sometimes, especially if you're young and someone just kind of puts you on this path of life, so you're doing it because that's just where you were, but you don't really have a relationship of, with God on your own, it's, it's easy to stay on the course as long as the road's straight and smooth, right? You can just like, it's easy. But when things start shifting and turning, if you don't really have that connection, it's easy to just end up off the path. But... Other people who are very intent and their eyes are on the Lord and their relationship is strong, sometimes they, they're doing well, but then something happens in the road. There's a curve or a turn or an accident in front of them and a lane closed. they got to pivot out. they got to swerve out of the way. And they get their eyes off. And it's so easy sometimes to end up in a bad place because something gets our eyes off of where we're headed. It's easy to get lost in the turns. What are the turns? I'm going to give you some practical examples, then we'll look at some scripture. Um, Examples of turns in life would include moving. You know, hey, I'm moving. So, you know, we have um, to buy a house. We're going to house shop. Then we got to pick the house. Then we got to close on the house. Then we got to get the, you know, the financing approved before that. Then we got to pack up our bags. Then we got to move into the new place. Then we got to unpack for the next 
three years. But, you know, at some point in that transition, it's a, it's, it's a turn. It's a turn in the path of life. And then that simple turn, someone can say, I just got too busy to stay engaged with my faith. You know, time to time to, to read the scriptures and pray and go to church. And by the way, it's so important, and this is not today's sermon, but it's so important to understand that those disciplines of, of prayer and walking, being in God's word and going to church in that community because they keep us grounded. And if you get off of that track in life for a little while, you might not feel like you're doing much different. But I have just lately, this, again, this is a pastor talking, just lately I've dealt with a lot of people who at some point in their past got off the road spiritually. And maybe at first it was fine, but I'm catching up with them 10, 20 years down the road. And, and there's so much heartache that could have been avoided if, if they just were letting God guide their life and they just have been so far, so long off of it. And you're just, it's just heartbreaking to see some of the things that are, are so sticky and so messy. And we're thinking someone could have been alongside of you helping you walk through that and guide you through that relational situation and this dynamic and that problem. But, so, so we don't want you to get lost in the turns. But moving can be a turn. Even within the same town, I just got busy and I just got away from my faith and I got away from my faith practices because of moving and then next thing I know it's been two years. Let alone moving to another town. Moving to another location. Moving to, we have some people in our church who are moving to it for job opportunities. To, you know, hundreds of miles away. And when that happens, it's like I had a faith rhythm, devotions, I had a church back home, but now I'm here and, and then you, if you're not careful, that's a turn. And someone could sit there a year later saying, I've not really found a place to ground myself yet. Those are turns. More turns include graduation. You get out of high school and life is new and new adventures and I'm an adult now. It's a turn. You may get off the path spiritually. Graduating from college. Um, a new relationship. You need that special someone. Okay, you got your girlfriend, you got your boyfriend, you're talking, and oh, it's so exciting. We finish each other's sandwiches. It's so wonderful. We talk all the time. We fall asleep and FaceTime and just talk on the phone. It's oh. And, um, you know, so all of a sudden this relationship's happening and it becomes co-consuming that it's a turn into your energies of life. And some people get, just get off course spiritually off the, their path of life. They just get off course because of this new relationship. It could be a new job. And you got to adjust to a new schedule, new hours, new this, new that. And this new job is a pivot that causes us a curve in life. Or becoming a parent to you young people. Note to yourself for later. A baby changes everything, Okay. And all of a sudden you have change in your life and you're not sleeping all the way through the night and your schedule's different and you're not sure you want to, and so you can't, you can't take time to be in your rhythm spiritually. And as far as getting to church, you don't know about the baby and it's going to cry and the nursery's too soon. I don't know. And so next thing you know, people end up in this turn getting off the road. Or perhaps it's the nest becomes empty. The kids all grow up and move out and their parents are grieving that stage and struggling with where they, who they are now. And it, they're in a new phase of life and they find themselves in this turn getting off course. A new stage of life, a child's new stage of life. It could be grief from loss. Health, health turns bad. My health goes bad and I have a health crisis and that's a curve in my life. We get off course. Could be lost a job. It could be someone died. Someone left me. 
These are all turns in life. And, 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 and so many times when you've been doing this, as long as I've been doing it, you watch that people are going along fine. And then when a turn comes, we lose. It's easy to get lost in the turns. And I want to talk about that for a while, but I want to show you a Bible example as we get going of somebody who experienced turns, and that was the, the, a man named Job. And I love the story of Job because Job is that one person that none of us can ever say, you know, I, I have it the worst. Some of people like to compare ourselves saying, you don't have problems, you should see my problems. You know, it's always like a comparison game. Oh, that ain't nothing, you know. Let me tell you what I'm going through. It's easy sometimes to feel like whatever we're going through is the biggest, hardest thing that anyone's ever faced because it's personal to us. But Job literally went through the worst. Like nobody, I, no one can say I've been through all of that. Let me tell you Job's story. Job was wealthy. Job was, <laughs> Job was a very blessed man. Loved the Lord, followed the Lord, walked with the Lord. He had 10 children. They grew up. They were prosperous because he was prosperous. At one point along the way, Job decided he is not only just going to pray for himself, he's going to have prayers and make sacrifices to God for his children who were grown because he was afraid that they would not follow God and he wanted to make sure that he was being extra careful for their sake as well. He was a good man and God had blessed him. But one day, Job's very good life took a very bad turn. And there's reasons for it that I don't have time. I want to do a series on Job one day, but not yet. It's on, it's in the, it's on the calendar. But uh, Job, for reasons that we don't, won't get into today, spiritually and beyond his ability to see, a lot of bad curves and turns entered his life. He had diversified his wealth. He was a man who had diversified wealth. He had a couple different kinds of, of investments with livestock and such. And in one moment of time, half of his, his wealth, half of his portfolio was wiped out through one tragic event, just that fast, that kind of a turn in life. Before he knew it, right around that bend, another curve happened, and the rest of his portfolio, the rest of his wealth was wiped out, just unforeseeably, like almost impossibly, just everything happened. After going through those things, shortly right after that, his children were all together for a get-together at one of their houses, and the house, a disaster struck, and all ten of his children were killed. Can you imagine this? I mean, he's lost everything, his wealth, his kids. And at some point in the middle of all of this, Job is trying to stay on track. And he prays and he says, the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Still, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's easier for us to read and nod to when it's Job and not us. That's incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult. And right while he's figuring out how to navigate all of those turns and things seem like they were leveling out in this new reality, his health failed. His health just fell apart. That's a major turn. In the middle of dealing with all of that, his wife snaps. His wife, by the, by the way, his wife who lost her children, lost their wealth. I mean, she's gone through all the turns too, and now she's watching her husband's health deteriorate, and she can't stand watching it. And she just basically says, are you maintaining your integrity? Just curse God and die. And then Job has to turn and kind of have a tough conversation with her. All these things are happening. And then the crew de Gras, the ultimate cherry on top, his friends come to visit him. And as they're visiting him, they're sitting there, and for a while they just sat with him to be, show support. But at some point, Job begins to kind of cry out and complain to God about how bad it was and just say, I wish I was ever born. He was just really, I mean, understandably distraught. 
And his friends felt like the best thing they could tell him was to chew him out for his bad attitude. And eventually they pivoted to say, all the things that have happened to you have happened because you did something to deserve it. With friends like that, who needs enemies? All the bad in your life is because you've deserved it. You must have done something wrong and God's judging you. How nice. And Job, the rest of the book is Job just trying to navigate all of this. But Job kept his eyes on the Lord somehow through all of this, through all these turns and all these challenges. And I love chapter 23 for so many reasons, but there's a lot of good verses in here. We're going to look at a few of them. But at one point in Job 23 and verse 8, here's what Job said. He said, I go east, but he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. Job is like, man, I, everywhere I look on my path, I can't even see God. Have you ever been to that spot where you're like, I don't, I don't, it, all I see is change and disaster and frustration and heartache and I can't even see God. And I'm looking. But then Job makes a powerful statement at the beginning of verse 10. He says, but he knows where I'm going. That's incredible. Job is like, I, I can't see him. And I don't know what's happened in my life, but I know one thing. He knows where I'm going. And those might be the words that you need to take home today. Someone in our services today or someone online or someone listening later might need to take home the idea and just say to yourself, he knows where I am going. And a lot of curves, a lot of turns are happening, a lot is changing, but he knows. He knows where I am going. Those are good words to speak to yourself, as Job did. Let's say them together. Can we do that together? Ready? He knows where I am going. One more time, ready? He knows where I am going. Job said, but he knows where I am going. And what he was saying, and this is so powerful, Job was making a statement that we need to, to understand at our core, and that is this, that even, even when you can't see him, he knows where you are. Even in those spots of your life where you're like, I, sometimes God was so crystal clear and obvious to me, but I went through a space where I just, I can't see him. But even when you can't see him, he knows where you are. And that's what faith has to help us with sometimes. And we'll talk about that a different, another time, but the ability to, to trust that he can spot you when you can't see for yourself. Even when you can't see him, he knows where you are and he knows where you're going. So Job said, verse 10, but he knows where I am going, and when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. What in the world, Job? How can you say that? How do you know that, Job? How do you know? Job's like, well, that's, that's where I'm headed. I didn't want my road of life to have these twists and turns, but I know that I still have a destination, and I'm going to come out of this thing, and God's, whatever this path is, Looks like I'm gonna, it's going to get me there, and I'm going to come out of this thing as pure as gold. I know my destination. I know my intention. And because of that, this is so big, and this is the key verse. Because of that, Job said in verse 11, For I have stayed on God's paths. That's so powerful. I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and have not turned aside. If you were listening or if you know the story of all that Job had gone through, all the turns in his life, all the curves that came his way, all the disasters that blew up in the road in front of him, all the swerving he had to do to, con to get around some, some tragedies. Job said, I have stayed on God's paths. 
I have followed his ways and I have not turned aside. And that's what we hope for all of you. That's what I hope for my heart, for all of you, that whatever life brings your way, whatever your path looks like, that you'll come out of the other side of it saying, hey, it was tough sometimes. It was difficult. It was changing. But I've stayed on God's paths. I've followed his ways. And I've not turned aside. Verse 12. He said, I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. This is remarkable. As Job has experienced some of the sharp twists and turns on his trip, he could have easily swerved into a ditch spiritually. I've seen it many times. Easily Job could have swerved into a ditch spiritually and just been, just been a wreck. Been done. And honestly, it would be hard to blame him. I've met many people through the years, when they tell me their story, I'm like, man, I, I can't blame you if you don't handle that well. I don't know how I would do if I had to handle what you went through. That's Job. Job, I don't know how you managed to stay on God's path, as you said. I don't know how you did that. I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. That was brutal. But he stayed on the road. And that's what I want to talk about about a little bit today as we get this thing started. How do we do that? What do we do when the road of our life, maybe not as drastically as Job's, but when our road of life suddenly bends, when there are unexpected bumps or even sharp turns, and the, the, the pastor in me, 24 years this fall, the pastor was also to give you some practical advice how you can have that same testimony. A few things to take home with you today. few statements of advice. Number one is this. Expect that there will be curves in life, even if you don't expect those curves. Hopefully, whenever you get in your car to go somewhere, you don't sit there and get on the, on the main road and say, you know what? This is going to be straight as an arrow the whole way. I'm going to put it in cruise control. My suspension's pretty good. I'm going to recline my seat. I can take a nap. It does say autopilot, right? I'm okay, you know. Hopefully, and maybe if you have a Tesla, maybe you can do that. I don't know. But, but hopefully you don't do that because you know something when you get on the road. That wherever you're going, there's going to be some twists and some turns and some curves ahead. You know that. And so you, pl you plan for that. You, know, you don't know maybe which ones there will be. If it's a new route, you don't know where they'll come. But you expect there's going to be some curves. Now, we would all be served well to do this with our lives. Here's what happens to us. I've seen people get into this prosperity gospel mindset that somehow says, if I give my life to the Lord, if I have faith, if I, be if I believe enough and have enough faith, it's going to be smooth sailing. I'm doing the right thing. God's going to bless it. And then they are shocked when life has curves and turns. Folks, i got to tell you something. It's just, that's, that happens we live in a broken world, a sin-cursed, broken world. We've all, we've all contributed to it. I, I make my own curves and, and bends along the way, and other people put curves in my path, and life throws curves in our path, and it just happens. This is the world. If you walk through your faith journey thinking that it's going to be a smooth road, you're going to at some point say, what, I can't handle this. I didn't, how could this be? How could this happen to me? I'm, I'm a good person. So expect that there are going to be curves and sharp curves and turns and things that happen on the road in life. Expect it. Even if you don't expect those ones that end up happening to you. I didn't see that one coming. But you should at least know something can be coming. And that's just wisdom. In fact, I love Proverbs 22.8. Uh, it's a great verse. And it says, a prudent person, we should all be prudent. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. 
while the simpleton goes on blindly and suffers the consequences. A prudent person says, I'm going to look ahead and realize there are things coming and be prepared to take precautions ahead of time. Which brings me to my next piece of advice from that, and that is this. Uh, look ahead and plan ahead. Hopefully while you're driving, you're looking ahead and planning ahead. You're not uh, texting or frizzing Facebook or um, you know, on the road or cha changing the CD in your multi-CD player or um, doing whatever you might be doing. Um, hopefully, talking to the kids in the back seat, kids, behave back there. Do you want to get in an accident or something? You know, hopefully you're not doing that. But, but, but look ahead and plan ahead. In life, that's so important. Here's why. Most of the curves that you will experience in life, most of the time, are going to give you time to plan and time to react. Most of the time. In other words, if your baby's going to change everything for you, you probably have a few months or nine to prepare for that. If you're getting married, hopefully you have enough time to, you know, that's, that's, you, see, you get married here, okay? So you see, a, you see a curve, a turn in life coming, right? You've got time to look ahead and plan for it. October 8. Um, it's a turn in life, but you see it coming. Most of the turns in life we see coming before they get there. Um, you know, you see graduation day. You see the new job. Most of the time we see the curves coming way ahead. If we're looking ahead, we know they're coming. There's no reason for them to catch us off guard. There's no reason for us to get derailed. Look ahead and plan ahead. Say, hey, when that change in my life comes, here's how I'm going to stay on course spiritually. Hey, honey, when the baby comes, it might be a challenge to us. How are we going to plan before we get there to navigate that curve so we can stay on course spiritually? Hey, our life's about to change. Something, something came our way. You know, this is about to empty. How are we going to stay on course in this next season of life? Jobs, careers, this applies a thousand ways. But sometimes the curves come a little less, you know, shorter notice, right, sometimes. But usually there's still time to, to quickly say, okay, how do I handle this? How do I stay on the road? So look ahead and plan ahead. A prudent person foresees the danger and takes precautions. Look ahead and plan ahead. But you also have to have a plan for what you'll do when the unexpected happens. What will you do if, you ever talk to your kids about how to drive before something happens, like um, when you hit ice for the first time and your car slides a little bit, and some people are like, ah, so they grab the steering wheel and they go like this. My car's turning, so they flip it the other way. And then they go crazy, right? You're like, no, no, no. When you someday hit a slippery patch, don't overreact, right? So even when you don't see something coming, if you've planned ahead that things will happen, you see, here's how you navigate those moments. Here's how you drive. Look ahead and plan ahead. Now, I know some people will say, Arlen, sometimes things happen so fast or, or things are so crazy around me, I don't have time to look ahead or plan ahead. And I want to say this to us next, and that is this. That means sometimes you got to slow down in uncertain conditions. When you're driving down the road and it's uncertain outside, slow down. You ever get up in the morning? Let's start there. Did you ever get up in the morning? Okay. Did you ever get up in the morning and you're driving and it's foggy outside, really heavy fog? And you can't see, you put your lights on and the lights aren't helping. They're making it worse almost, you know, because it's so foggy. What do you do? Well, hopefully what you do is you slow down. 
If you're driving through bad weather, the rain's coming down pretty hard, the snow's coming down pretty hard, hopefully you slow down in uncertain conditions. So in my family, here's what that looks like. Uh, we drive a lot up to visit our relatives in Michigan. We had a lot of Michiganders in the first hour, a whole section of Michiganders. Anybody else from Michigan in this room or go to Michigan a lot? Okay, you got, yeah, yeah, you have that. I know where you're at. Yeah, of course, you guys are, you're in, from Michigan, I know that. Um, so we visit my in-laws or my parents in Michigan. And that means we've got to drive right through what I call the abominable snow belt. Just that stage right next to Lake Michigan, you go down 94 up to 196, and the lake effect comes out of nowhere. I can't tell you how many times we've driven up there, and the, the map, the app on our phone that has the weather on it, shows clear. The forecast right here, clear. Nothing's happening. And we're in it. And right while we're driving through, it says that, we're getting pelted by rain we can already see. Or snow is coming down so thick we can't, I mean, its visibility is low. It's like, uh, hello, someone's not. Because the lake effect can happen just like that sometimes. It's weird. And there's those times we want to pull off underneath a bridge and wait. But if you're trying to drive through that, what do you do? You slow down. Sometimes the person in front of you is going too slow, and then you want to go a little faster, but then do you want to get over in this weather? Or people are flying by you. But you slow down in uncertain conditions, don't you? Hopefully. We should. Especially when it's dangerous. And, and something else, and, and when I say slow down, sometimes in our life, we just got to stop doing so many things. And I don't mean stop following the Lord. Don't get rid of the spiritual part. Don't get rid of the things that are important in your faith journey. Don't say, so much is going on, I have no time for God. Church is on the side, faith is on the side, walking with God's on the side. I got too much going on. That's the stuff that, that's the road you, we, we want to be on. When life is uncertain, you got to slow down, keep those things, maybe, maybe cut some other things back. To, to, to focus on what matters most. Here's how it works for me. And I was going to say don't judge me for this, but I think a lot of you are going to relate to this, maybe. I think you will. When I'm driving and all of a sudden I'm not sure what's going on in front of me, something's changing, visibility's bad as a turn, or something changed, I don't know where I'm going. If I'm listening to music, I turn it down. And if the kids are in the car, or the fans in the car, I'm like, shh. You ever done that before? Am I all... Am I the, have you ever done that? Ever turn the music down or ask the family to be quiet when you're on the road and got crazy? Okay, I have. Now, here's, here's why. See, that makes no sense. Arlen, why'd you do that? Because I'm trying to see what's coming. Well, you don't need to have us be quiet. Ears and eyes are different. No, it's all, I'm focusing, man. I need even be, shh, quiet down while I figure out what's happening, right? And sometimes in our life, we have so many distractions. When, the thing, when things are uncertain, slow down. Cut off the other distractions. Even good things, good things. I gotta, I gotta put that on pause because I gotta do the most important things. Slow down in uncertain conditions. And then I wanna give you this as well before we come back to our main point. Uh, watch how others are handling the curves. This has served me so very well, both on the road and in life. So on the road, here's how this looks. Back to my snow belt in Michigan stories. We're driving to Michigan sometimes. Now, if the roads are clear, what do you teach your kids? Look at the fixed point on the road ahead of you. Kind of watch. They don't watch right in front of you. Look ahead to keep you straight. But when the road visibility is bad, you can't always see way down the road in front of you. So when we've driven through rainstorms or snowstorms before and we're going slower, oftentimes I'll find a car that's further down the road than me and I'll watch their taillights. I'm kind of trying to watch the road, but it just gives me a little extra. I'm, I'm keeping an eye, and I'm going slow enough to watch the road, but, but their taillights are a little extra assurance for me. They're, they're a little extra guiding, guidance for me. 
because I'm, I'm, I'm being careful with that. I'm also able to let them give me assurance that, okay, they're, I'm right, I'm where I'm, I think I am, and they're on the road, and I'm watching them. Now, the point of doing that is not to follow that person. The point of doing that is to help you stay on the road. So let me make a ridiculous analogy. If that car in front of you suddenly drops off into a ditch, you don't want to say, I'm following them, you know. Part of the way you're following them is to say, oh, they got off the path, I'm not doing that. But you watch them because if they're on the path ahead of you, it can be a guiding light to you. It could be a, it could be a help. Watch others who, how they're ahead of you. How are they handling the curves that you're about to face? Again, the path is the key. Someone veers off, don't follow them. In your life, this is so valuable. You're saying, man, I'm about to become a parent. What should I do? Find some parents who are on the same path of life, on a faith journey that you're on, who are following the Lord and are living the way you want to live and are making the, find people, people who are doing what you're trying to do and have conversations, ask questions, or better yet, watch them. Get around them. Get in small group community with them. Watch them. So you're, you know, you're going through new changes of life. Look. How did you handle that? How did you handle those new things? And let them be an inspiration to you. Let them be a guide to you because they're further down the same road that you're traveling down. And again, don't follow them into a ditch. When I was a young man, Michelle and I could tell you stories about this. When we were young, she still is, but when I was young, um, I remember there was a few times in our life when someone that we looked up to spiritually, a spiritual leader, a pastor, a church leader, someone we looked up to spiritually, went off the rails. They did something horrible. They lost their way. They wrecked their life. Something happened. And as a young person, or someone I looked up to on any level, whether it was a teacher when I was young that I still looked up to or a small group leader or a pastor or anything, whenever that happened, it, when I was young, it shook me. I'll be honest. And if you're young, that can shake you. Like, what's going on? Why did that happen? I don't understand. But I made, we made a decision at a young age that said, we look to those people because the Apostle Paul once said, follow me as I follow Christ. We want to follow people who are following Christ, but if they're not following Christ, we're, we're, we're still, we know the path. So if someone gets off, I'm not going to get discouraged and get off myself because the goal was to stay on the path. The goal is to follow Christ. And so if someone else doesn't, well, I can still follow the path. And we decided a long time ago that if people get off the path, the path is still good. If others veer off course, the course is still good. They could be a, a, a light. We might have to find someone else to be a, a, an inspiration or a help to us along the way if someone else gets off. But the, the, but the point is never who it is. The point is the path. The point is following Christ. So the key is, but, but let people be someone that you look to. Look to people ahead of you down the road. Learn from them. Michelle and I are going through a stage of life now where we're starting to figure out lose, the nest is emptying. Kids are getting married. And as that begins to happen, we're watching people that we know who've been on the road a little further, people who we trust, people who've earned our confidence, people that we respect, and it's asking them or watching them and learning from them. How have they navigated these curves that we're just entering because we want to go through the same path safely. Watch how others handle the curves. Now, I wish today I could tell you, I wish today I could tell you that life will never bring adverse travel conditions along your journey. Or that you'll never have to swerve, or you'll never have to hit your brakes, or you'll never have to course correct. I can't. I couldn't tell the young man in the first hour that he's going to go to the Navy and it was going to be an easy ride, especially basic training. I couldn't tell him that. 
Can't tell the lady with a new job that job's gonna be perfect and this her dreams come true. I can't tell you that marriage will never be without a problem. You two getting married here. I can't, I can't tell you that you'll never have a fight. I can't tell you that angels will always be around singing cherubims and seraphims, glory all moments. Can't tell you that. I wish I could. Sharon, I know you got some new opportunities in front of you possibly with work, and I can't tell you that it's going to go smoothly or be perfect, or it's going to be like, oh, everything's amazing. I wish I could tell all of us in life today that that next thing you're going to face or the road ahead of you will be smooth sailing. I wish I could. I wish I could. But we know better. I said earlier, expect, expect that there will be curves in life even if you don't expect those particular curves. Expect they're coming. And look ahead while you travel. Plan ahead. And when the conditions are uncertain, slow down. And watch how others ahead of you are handling the curves and let them be an inspiration to you and a guide to you to stay on the path. And I wish I could say it will always be easy. And the life won't throw you curves. And sharp turns won't happen. But you don't have to get lost in the turns. What I can tell you is that you can make it through. What I can tell you is that you can make it to your destination. And I look at the story of Job, I always think to myself, you know, I can, I can get, any one of us can get into a little pity party. Anybody can. But if we're being honest, Ain't no one had a trial like Job. When I look at Job and I see how he had all those curves, I would love to, I, I admire what he said in, in Psalms 20, in, in Job 23, 11, when he said, I have, let's give us the verse, I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways. I have not turned aside. My hope is that whatever life brings my way, that'll be my testimony. My hope for you is that whatever life brings your way, that'll be your testimony. And if you've gotten off course before, this is a different conversation for a different week, but God is excellent at getting us back on course, thankfully. He's good at getting us out of the ditches that we get ourselves in, thankfully. But once you've been down those paths a couple times and you're getting back on the road from this point on, I'm expecting the curves, I'm slowing down when I need to, I'm planning ahead, I'm watching others, and guess what? I'm going to make it my goal in life to stay like Job. I have stayed on God's paths. From this moment forward, I've stayed on God's paths. I didn't get lost in the turns. I followed his ways. I've not turned aside. So today, I want to encourage you, the pastor in me wants to encourage you to watch out for the bends in the road. And when life gets complicated, when life is changing, I want you to do one thing. I want to give you a rule today a rule for the road. We're going to give you a different one every week. Today, I want to give you this rule for the road. Know how to handle the curves, right? So this is me as a dad. I have a 15-year-old here, Lindsay, and I have taken her driving. She's not got a driver's license yet, doesn't have a permit yet, but for the last three years now, we've gone driving many times around Cedar Lake. Don't judge me. Um, pray for me. I've, if she survived, I'm glad. But... Uh, She's driven, and I've been in the passenger seat. And I've tried to teach her. 
And one of the things we've worked on, Lindsay could tell you, one of the things we've worked on was how to, how to tr- turn, make the curves, right? One of the hardest things we've got to figure out. Don't slow down too late, try to stop halfway through the curve and slow down. It's too late then. Slow down before you get to the curve, and then you can speed up during the curve, if anything. But yeah, you've got to know how to handle the, you know how to handle the curves. That's what we teach our kids. Mom and dad, right? We teach our kids how to drive, know how to handle the curves. Listen, everybody, let your heavenly Father say to you today, life is going to have curves. Know how to handle the curves so that you can say, I have stayed on God's path. So we have a gift for you today. It's a little simple, nothing fancy. We're not that rich. We have cards in the back. And on one side is a scripture verse. Our verse for the day is Job 23, 11. For I have stayed on God's paths, I have followed his ways, and I have not turned aside. On the other side is rules for the road, rule, and it's the first rules on here, know how to handle the curves. What I want to ask you to do is, on your way out there on the table to your right, take one with you. And we also have little, uh, little uh, key ring things like this for, for the road, right? A key ring, like we have a little ring. And we have a hole puncher out there. You can punch a hole if you want to, so you can... Get one every single week. It'll be a different verse and a different rule. You can get them and collect them together and put them on that ring together. Or you can just not put them on anything, just keep them flat so they'll fit into a book or a Bible or someplace on a fridge and a magnet. Or if you want to double punch them like a little flip chart, like uh, flashcards or whatever, you can punch two holes. We have a punchers out there. You can grab a card, grab a ring, and, and, and punch holes if you want to. But take one of these cards with you today. And I hope that what you'll do is you'll memorize this verse. I've memorized so many verses through my life. It's helped me at stages to remember this verse by memory. Job 23, 11, I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and have not turned aside. Memorize that verse. Remember the rules for the road. Take this home with you. We'll give you a new one every week and you can collect them along with your key ring. And then my prayer as your pastor is that we can have a whole lot less heartache if we know how to handle the curse.